0: Good morning church family. Good to see you this morning. Glad that we are here together to worship God. We've got a lot of visitors with us today. Thank you so much. It may be because of uh, spring break and you coming and visiting folks or you traveling around, but for whatever reason you are here, we are glad that you are here to worship God. Well, that's what we're here for. Uh, If you're visiting with us and you're unfamiliar with what we're doing or what, uh, why we're here, any of these things, we are here to worship Almighty God and this part of our worship will be a lesson from God's Word. If you have a copy of the Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Uh, Feel free to use your phone if you need to. Use your your own copy. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, uh, there's a black book on the back of the pew in front of you that is a a Bible, and you can turn to page 910 page 910 is where Acts chapter 2 will start we'll be there in just a few minutes we'll start in verse 36 Acts chapter 2 in verse 36 do you want to remind everybody about a couple things that are going on that you can be involved with that we would really love for you to be involved with Uh, as was already mentioned teens for Christ is tonight we'll have a special guest speaker for that Uh, so hope that you will come and and uh, be a part of that event and be a part of that uh, gathering of uh, people from all different congregations uh, around our community uh, around the, the county and maybe even counties outside of of Putnam we would really love for you to come and be a part of that tonight at 6 o'clock at our evening services. Uh, tomorrow night we have our uh, men's, uh, um, our Jefferson, Jefferson Avenue Men's uh, Ministry uh, Wings and Wisdom event at 6 o'clock. So uh, every third, third month, when, <laughs> I'm going to get it eventually, I do this for a living, speaking, um, the third Monday of every month. Uh, we do Wings and Wisdom for our men uh, and then we meet here at the building at 6 o'clock and we uh, eat wings, and we talk about the book of Proverbs. Tony Kelly is going to talk about uh, parenting and children tomorrow. Uh, so, men, I would really encourage you to come and be a part of that tomorrow. We've got uh, three or four different guys who are making uh, different kinds of wings. So, if you can make it to that tomorrow at six o'clock in the Fellowship Hall, we would encourage you to do that. And then on Tuesday, we've got another event. Uh, the The men's ministry is organizing it, but we need help from everybody, not just the men. Uh, we're hosting a, a number of uh, foster families from our community. We're hosting a meal for them, and then also a time for uh, those foster families, the, the parents, to have some time to interact with each other and get to know each other and encourage one another, uh, to commiserate if needed with one another about the things that they, they are dealing with and going through, uh, and then the, the kids, we're going to go and take them over to our, our gym, our fellowship center, and uh, spend some time with them, maybe take them out to the playground. So uh, we've pretty much got the food covered, we don't really need any help with the food or serving the food and that kind of thing, uh, but for some reason, uh, playing with kids is something we need a, a lot more help on, so teens, we'd love for you, you guys to help us out, Call students, we'd love for you guys, everybody else, we'd love for you guys to come and and help us, and that's from 6 to 8 on Tuesday, Uh, and there are lots of other events that are going on that you can be a part of, but those are three that are coming up in the next three days, including today, so please make sure that you are a part of any or all of those. Uh, Acts chapter 2, we're looking at the, in the book of Acts, another thing that's important for us to think about as we uh, set the stage for what we're going to talk about this morning, lots of us here today are very familiar with Acts chapter 2. Uh, For a good reason, Uh, but I want us to to back up and set the stage maybe for for all of us really to remind us Or if you're unfamiliar with acts uh, chapter 2 or the book of acts in general I want to set the stage for you a little bit and tell you what we're talking about uh, This morning, Uh, the book of acts is a book of history Uh, It is the book of history in the new testament uh, the book of history uh, for christians if we want to understand what was the early church like what was the, what did the early church do? What did early Christians do? What did people do to become Christians? The book of Acts is where you read about those things. Uh, every conversion story in the New Testament, people not being Christians, becoming Christians, you read about in the book of Acts. Okay, So it's important for that reason. It's important for the organization of the church. It's important for the job of the church. If you want to know about what the church is supposed to be about, the book of Acts is where you need to look at it. And Acts chapter 2 is the beginning of the church. It's the birth of the church. So we would look at this. And many of us, again, are, are familiar with, you may or may not be, uh, but in Acts chapter 2, it's, it, the setting is Jerusalem, which is the, the home of the Jews. It is the, uh, the, the, the capital of the, the Israelite nation. It's a very important place. It's where the temple is. Uh, it's where God has, His presence has, has been there. Uh, it, it is, there it is not a more important place, in all the world, than Jerusalem to the Jews." And we're in Acts chapter 2. It's uh, not only is it an important place, but it's an important time. It's uh, the, the day of Pentecost, okay? Now, most of us today appreciate, and we, we have heard that word before, we've heard that phrase before, the day of Pentecost. And that's an important thing for, for Christians. We recognize because on the day of Pentecost, the church began, so we understand and we appreciate the importance of the day of Pentecost. But I don't know that we understand the historical importance of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Uh, For the Jews, certainly in the first century, there were three uh, big feasts that were commanded that all the Jews would celebrate and even commanded uh, that they would travel, they would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem in order to celebrate at least someone from the family, usually the, the oldest man of the family was supposed to make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for these three different feasts. You'll be familiar with at least two of them uh, maybe all three of them, okay? The first one is Passover. Uh, when we think about Passover, we, we probably think about, um, historically, we think about Egypt. We think about the, the exodus and, and going out. We think about that last plague of the killing of the firstborn and, and the Jews were to put the, the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorpost and the lintel of their door and the, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the death, would, would pass over their house and their eldest son would be saved and anyone who didn't have that would die and that was the plague the, the final plague that finally got the, the israelites out of egyptian bondage heading towards the promised land so that's passover we recognize and realize that one 50 days later was pentecost that's why it's called pentecost because penta means 50 pentecost okay uh and then the third one Uh, We're going to focus on Pentecost here shortly in a minute, but the third one it was the feast of booths or the feast of tabernacles and it was a commemoration and appreciation for the time the Israelites spent wandering in the wilderness for 40 years Uh, again historically. We go back to the Old Testament, they get out of Egypt, they make it to the Promised Land, they don't have enough faith to get into the Promised Land, they don't trust that God is going to do what he said that he would do, so they have to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. But God still provides for them, even though they fail him, they fail to have the faith that they need to have in him, for that 40 years, God still provides for them. So the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, uh, what would happen, certainly in the first century, is they would literally move everything, or they would, they would move out of their house for a week, and they would build a tent and they would live in a tent, they would dwell in a tent uh, for a week like their ancestors did for 40 years. Okay? They were traveling from place to place, following uh, God's presence from, from place to place. So that's the Feast of Booths. We'll come to that one, back to that one later. But the Feast of, or, or Pentecost. Uh, Jews probably would not have called it Pentecost. Okay? Uh, here is the, the Hebrew word that I've tried to practice many a time, and we'll see how this goes. Shavuot. Uh, is how I believe that it's pronounced, Shavuot. Uh, And it is, um, it started out as a festival that commemorated one of the harvest seasons of the Jews, uh, and, and during this festival like any good festival uh, they would do a lot of eating and, and primarily during this time they would eat a lot of dairy food and it's interesting I, I don't know for sure today they celebrate it uh, with one of my favorite foods Jews celebrate Shavuot with one of my favorite foods I don't know if they did it in the first century or prior to that uh, but they ate a lot of they eat today at least a lot of cheesecake uh, on that because it's a dairy and they, they ate a lot of dairy foods okay during this this festival now that was the, the original purpose for it. But after the destruction of the second temple, so you have the first temple that's destroyed, uh, Nehemiah and Ezra, they come back and rebuild Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And then after the destruction of the second temple, it changed a little bit. And, and their primary focus of Shavuot at that point was to remember the giving of the law, the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Okay? So you've got, uh, let's think about these, these three kind of back to back to back. You've got the Passover getting out of Egypt, going into the wilderness going making it to mount sinai that would be some 50 days later pentecost uh shavuot where they were moses goes up on mount sinai and he receives the the law the old law the old testament uh from god himself uh and then they wander around the wilderness for 40 years and you have the feast of booth so it, this is these are all connected events in the very early history uh of of the israelites especially the exodus history uh, of the israelites so in acts chapter 2 these people are gathered and you can read earlier in Acts chapter 2 they're gathered from all over the known world Jews from all over the known world have made this pilgrimage to Jerusalem and they're there and one of the things that they did not only did they eat of course I'm sure that was maybe what they enjoyed the most uh but another practice that was uh, performed during this festival was that either on the day of Pentecost so when we're thinking about it what's what we're going to read about it's uh we we know from the context of earlier verses that it's it's sometime in the early morning It's called the third hour of the day earlier in Acts chapter 2. Okay, so that's about 9 o'clock in the morning. So either the night previous to this or the night after this, the practice was they would stay up all night studying Torah, studying the old law. Studying the Old Testament, that we, that we would call it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those specific verses. They would spend all night studying these things. So either either in Acts chapter 2, this large group of people that gathers, gathers together has just finished that long night of study, or they're heading into that long night of study. They're interested in wanting to know what does God want them to do. Okay, Acts chapter 2, uh, let's look at verse 36. This is the very end of Peter's sermon, where he's telling them, hey, this Jesus guy that you just crucified... That was the Messiah that the law that you're interested in studying about has promised for generation after generation after generation. And this is his conclusion in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Okay, so these are these are religious people. These are people that uh, they were committed to their, their Judaism. They were committed to their Jewish religion. And they had made this pilgrimage. And they are committed to studying God's word and God's law. Either they had just done it or they were about to go into it. They're interested and they want to know this. And, G- and Peter says to them, hey, you have missed it. You've missed it all. And some of those same people would have been there 50 days earlier around Passover when Jesus was crucified. Some of them may have been the ones shouting, crucify him crucify him because of their religious zeal and that same religious zeal has them there today on the day of pentecost making that sacred pilgrimage in, in a matter of 50 days and they're there and, and they 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 recognize again probably some of them realize and, and understand that jesus had had just died some 50 days earlier another thing to set the context for us that that we just need to understand what's going on here so passover jesus is crucified pentecost 50 days later the beginning of the church how long was jesus around after he resurrected 40 days so it's somewhere on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 Jesus has only been gone for seven to ten days and there were people absolutely lots of people you remember he appears to more than 500 at a time there's a good chance that a lot of those 500 people are in this crowd and all everything that Peter's saying hey this Peter Jesus did this and Jesus did that and Jesus did this they're like yeah he did I saw him do that I witnessed him do it. I, I saw him resurrected. I saw him after he was crucified, alive again. So this is the this is the setting that we're in. And and, they, and Peter tells them, This Jesus, God has made both Lord and Christ. And that, that word Lord is important, okay? That word Lord, that He is Lord. He's in charge. He has authority. He has He's the one that we need to listen to. That's an important thing for us to realize. And then verse 37, here's verse 37, 38. <clears throat> Again, passages that we're familiar with. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men, brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's that verse that many of us are very familiar with, and let's notice a few things about it. First of all, he says, repent, but he's not just telling them to repent about the fact that they were, some of them perhaps literally were involved in the murder of Jesus. Yes, they need to repent of that if they were a part of that, but that's not the only thing they need to repent of. We'll get to more of that here in a minute. Repent, this this group of people that is about to become the church, is about to become our brothers and sisters the very first of us what are they first told to do repent recognize there's things in your life things about the way you've lived your life that you need to change if you're doing anything contrary to what god would want you to do turn from that and turn to god repent and each of you be baptized in the name of jesus again that's important did you know that that uh, john the baptist baptized with the baptism for the forgiveness of sins did you know that read the bible it'll tell you that Did you know that Jesus, prior to Acts chapter 2, baptized people or his disciples baptized people with a baptism that was for the forgiveness of sins? He did. Did you know in the Old Testament they baptized people for these types of things? Baptism is nothing new to the Jews in Acts chapter 2. This is not some extraordinary new idea. What's different is even Jesus' disciples and even the people who Jesus' disciples previously baptized they had not been baptized in the name of Jesus up to this point. That's the new thing. That's the different thing. That's the important thing. That there were the options. There were ways for sins to be forgiven prior to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in the gospel. There were ways for sins to be forgiven. But the difference is being baptized into Christ, First John chapter 1, then the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us. They didn't have to be baptized. Christians, you don't have to be baptized over and over and over again. You don't have to make sacrifices over and over and over again. No, God, Jesus made that sacrifice one time for all sins. That was what was different. So this morning, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, then you're missing something. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, then you're missing something. That's the very same thing that these very religious good people were missing baptism into christ he says therefore the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the holy spirit the gift of the holy spirit certainly through the word the gift of the holy spirit that helps us as he dwells in us to, to pray to god and helps to guide us as scripture teaches us verse number 39 and then he says for the this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off as many as the lord will call to himself there you are in the bible in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, this promise that uh, you can be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 39, he says it's not only for those people that were there that day, but it's for their children and it's for people who are there and now and people who are all far off. Not only distance far off, but time frame far off. That was you, that was me that, that uh, Peter is talking about here in, the, in verse 40. And with many other words, he solemnly bore witness and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this crooked generation. Now, there's there's one of the bases that we can know that Peter is not just concerned about them being saved from the murder of Jesus. They need to be saved from the perverseness of the generation that they were in, or the crookedness of the generation that they were in. Now, what, what does that mean? What kind of perversion? What kind of crookedness? Well, we know that in the first century there was religious perversion. We know in the first century there was social perversion. We know in the first century there was cultural perversion. We know in the 21st century there's religious perversion. We know in the 21st century there's social perversion. We know in the 21st century there's cultural perversion. We had the very same things to be, needs to be saved from that they had. We need to be saved from the very same things that they were. No, we were not there to, to, to yell, crucify him, crucify him when Jesus uh, was crucified on the cross, but we had the same needs to be saved that they did. And notice what happens in verse 41. So then, those who had received his word were baptized and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. I want to bring out this point that's important, um. We've already talked about the importance of baptism into Christ. Did you notice the urgency of that verse in verse 41? So then those who believed were baptized that day. I'm not going to say that, that it's, uh, it's wrong to, to wait, to have family present. I'm not going to say it's wrong to, to wait to, uh, you know, for whatever reason. But I am going to say that if Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is right, that baptism... Into Christ leads to the, the remission or the forgiveness of sins. And if you have sin in your life and you recognize that, there's an urgency there. You need to be forgiven of your sins. Baptism is the place in which that happens, the time frame in, in which that happens. So I would encourage you today, if you haven't been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, and you recognize that, and you recognize the need for that, and Jesus is your Lord, as it said earlier on in the verses that we read, then there's a a need, and not only is it a need, it's an urgent need. They were baptized that day. Not only were they baptized that day, but 3,000 people were baptized that day. Do you think they had to wait a little while? How long do you think those lines were? Probably pretty long, right? But it was that important to them. There was an urgency about it. Brothers and sisters, there needs to be an urgency about our, religious, our religiousness, our Christianity, our, our commitment to God, our commitment to Christ. There needs to be an urgency about that, not only in our baptism, but in our life. But certainly baptism is a part of that plays in that urgency, okay? So there's this uh, perversed, crooked generation they needed to be saved from. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we read what I would call the Eden of the church. You think back to the Garden of Eden, the perfection of the Garden of Eden and that, that that beautiful tranquility of the Garden of Eden. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, we see that same perfection, if you will, uh, in, in the church in its earliest days. Look at verses 42 through 47. And they, these new Christians, okay, now again, they're not called Christians at this point, but that's what we would call them today, okay? They're called Christians later, but these are people who have understood Jesus as Lord, understood they've got sin in their life, been told to repent of it, have been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and now we see what do they do after that, after they become these followers of Jesus, these adherents to the uh, the gospel and the message and the lordship of Christ. What do they do? Verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Okay, So uh, they were continually devoting themselves. It was something that was important to them going ongoing it wasn't just in that moment but it continued to be important to them the apostles teaching what does god want me to know okay uh, earlier we talked about those those three uh feasts i, I read on one um, website that was from uh, someone who still practices judaism today uh, about passover and what we would call pentecost he said that that passover was the beginning of their freedom from sin but their redemption was not complete without Torah. This is why I I took the time to talk about Shavuot and how important it is, okay? Uh, These these Jews on the day of Pentecost, they are concerned about wanting to know what God wants them to know. And it is commemorating hundreds, thousands of years earlier when they received the law on Mount Sinai. And here in Acts chapter 2, there's a new law. Law in freedom in Christ. Law of Christ. Law of the grace of Christ. So on this very same maybe not date, but the same time frame when they are commemorating, receiving the law for the first time, Peter and the other apostles are going to give them this new law. This new law that that gives them even more freedom. Freedom in Christ and and the, the law of grace in Christ. So they've got this new law, and they're committed to it. They want to learn more about it. Uh, they're committed to being with one another. They're committed to breaking bread and to the prayers. Uh, there's, there's some distinction probably between verse 42 and 46, uh, where, he again, he mentions breaking bread, taking their meals together. Uh, that probably is is more about uh, eating in one another's homes and fellowshipping in that way. Uh, verse 42 probably has something to do with worship. And breaking bread probably referring to um, communion and also Notice he says, he doesn't say committed to or devoted to prayer. He says devoted to the prayer's. Okay, there's, there's a formality to that. There's a, there's a worshipfulness of that, okay? Verse 43. And fear came upon the whole, upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed, all of these, what we would call Christians, were together and all, had, and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were dividing them up with all, as anyone might have need. Okay, verse 44 and 45. The Eden of the church, this, this best time, the church has never been better than it was in Acts chapter 2, okay? The church has never been better, at least not biblically, than it was in Acts chapter 2. And verse 44 and 45 says no one was in need. No one, no one a part of that fellowship, a part of, those group of that group of people, there was no one in need. Now, I believe there's teaching in the Bible, uh, Matthew 25 specifically, and many other places, that says that Christians need to take care of anyone in need. But we're definitely, Romans chapter 12 that was read to us earlier, and, and this verse in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, in our fellowship, there should be no one in need. Now Not no one in a lack of want. It doesn't mean that you get everything that you want, and I have, to, I have to pay for you to go on vacation, or I have to pay for you to have a nice car, or I have to pay for you to have wants. But in our fellowship, in the church, there should be no one in need. We should supply these things, help one another, meet each other's needs. And this is important as we think about people seeking Christ and finding Christians. Notice verse 46. And daily devoting themselves, or your version may say day by day, continuing in the same mind, and daily devoting themselves with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. I want to read verses uh, 44 through 47 again, and then make a comment, okay? Verse 44. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions, and were dividing them up with all, as anyone might have have need and daily devoted themselves with one another in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved brothers and sisters family here at Jefferson Avenue I want you to understand this is who we are and who we're striving to be this, this same church uh, that we read about in Acts chapter 2 that same mindset, that same attitude, that same care and concern for one another, that is who we are, and yes, we can we get better at it? Absolutely. But that is who we are. We are a part of that same fellowship that began some 2,000 years ago, and we're striving to be even better at it. That means there should be no one here in need. Now, let, me, let me tell you what I think if we were to, to, to describe this, the culture of this group or the the mindset of this group, or just to describe this group in a way that should describe us as well. They had a community that was focused on correction, care, and was centered on Christ. Okay? They were a community that was all about and interested in correction. Okay, well, why do I say correction? Because it started out with the idea, what's the very first thing they're told to do? Repent. Correction. I need to be about, in my following of Jesus, correcting myself. But as a family, I love you enough to help you correct yourself. And you love me enough to help me correct myself. And yes, I've got to do that kindly, and I need to do it uh, with compassion, but I also need to do it frankly. That if, I recognize, if you recognize sin in my life, brothers and sisters, I want you to come to me and tell me. I want you to come to me and tell me. I want you to love me enough to do that. And I want you to understand that I'm going to try and love you enough to do that. So if I ever do that to you, or if anybody else ever does that to you, even if they don't do it perfectly, even if they could have done it a little more kindly, even if they could have been a little more soft, soft about it, recognize that they love you enough to come and try to help you correct whatever cha- changes may need to be made. They were a community of correction, but not only of correction, they were concerned. They had a care for one another. No one was in need. When they saw a need, they met those needs, and all of it was centered on Christ. It was all because of Christ. They recognized, Peter said, let it be known to all the house of Israel that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. It all started there, and they were pierced to the heart. They were convicted. They wanted to change because of what Jesus had done for them. And they said, what can we do? Repent. Be baptized in the name of Christ for the remission of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then what did they do? They cared about one another. They helped each other to correct things in their lives. These, this, this community that met needs and shared a compelling message of hope, what happened to that group? They grew. They grew. This community that met each other's needs... And had a compelling message of hope grew. Would that happen today? If people in Cookville, Tennessee looked at the Jefferson Avenue congregation and they saw us truly devoted to one another? And the Romans chapter 12 passage that was read to us other devoted to one another in brotherly love. That there was no need, and that can be a that can be a physical need, that could be a monetary need. It could be an emotional need, be a spiritual need, be a relationship need. But people would look at us and they say, man, those people love each other. What if that's all they could say about us? Those people love each other. If they knew that about us, and then we shared a message with them, hey, you've got sin in your life, you've got things that you're ashamed of, you've got things that you're not happy about, you want to change some things, I have a way to help you do that. I have a Savior who can help you have your sins forgiven, and you don't have to bear that guilt anymore. You don't have to deal with those things anymore. If they knew those people love each other, I'd probably want to be a part of that group. And those people have a way for me to move beyond my mistakes and my failures and my, my wickedness and my, all the things that I'm ashamed of? They have a way that I can have those things forgotten and, and I can move past those things? I'm interested in that. What if they knew that about us? You know, Jesus says this in John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says... And there may be some debate about this in your mind. There's not in my mind. Because Jesus says, the distinctive nature of the church, the one thing that people should be able to look at us and clearly identify us as his disciples is if we love one another. That's what Jesus says. Now, there's a lot of other things that are distinct about the church versus the world. But Jesus says... If you are going to be his disciples, the world will know you are his disciples by how we love or if we love one another. J.A., that's who we are and who we're striving to be. People who love one another, who have a compelling message of hope to share with the world. We talked about Pentecost. We talked about Passover. Passover is when Jesus was crucified. Pentecost is when uh, the, uh, the church begins. And then we have that, that third um, feast that the Jews would would often and regularly and perhaps even today still recognize uh, the feast of tabernacles or the feast of of booths and again what was that? That was the time that during those 40 years that they were supposed to have gone into the the promised land. They were supposed to have already made it but they they didn't have enough faith to do it. They didn't trust God enough to do it so God sends them out into the wilderness and for 40 years an entire generation of people have to die off before God is willing to to let them get into the promised land. So why why would you commemorate that? Why would you remember that year after year after year well they remember that because god still took care of them and eventually they made it to the promised land let me suggest to you today that we are in the midst of our wilderness wandering we're not to the promised land yet it's promised to us there is something beyond this life that christians will receive and it is eternity with god forever it's a promised land And we are in the midst of our wilderness wandering. We have these earthen vessels that we are held in. These tents that are temporary. That God has promised us one day we'll shed those things and take on something different. Brothers and sisters, how how are we going to get there? How are we going to make it through the wilderness wandering? How are we going to make it through our life? Well, certainly with God's help. But never forget, never look past, don't fail to appreciate That one of God's blessings that was to help you get from here to there is each other. And Jesus says, the world will know we are his disciples if we have love one for another. This morning, are you a Christian? Have you been baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? Well, why would I do that? Because you've recognized Jesus is Lord. You're not baptized and then Jesus becomes your Lord. No, you make the decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. Jesus says I need to be baptized, so I'm going to be baptized. I'm baptized into Christ. If you're not baptized into Christ, you need to think about that, and there needs to be some urgency about it. Baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. If you haven't done that, you've got sin in your life, there needs to be some urgency about that. Baptism is not the be-all, end-all. I am baptized because I've made up my mind that I recognize that I've fallen short of the glory of God. I'm not perfect. And that Jesus is Lord. He's the only way to fix my problems. And he has told me, commanded me himself with his own words and his apostles and disciples following in the Bible have told me time and time again the importance of baptism. I mentioned earlier in the book of Acts that that's the only place that we read about people going from non-Christian to Christian and every single example of that, they're baptized into Christ. If you haven't done that, we are ready to help you do that now. But don't do that If you haven't made up your mind that Jesus is the Lord of your life. If you're not a Christian this morning. Do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Are you willing to name him as the Lord of your life? Not only name him but live like he's the Lord of your life. Meaning everything that you do. You do because Jesus said. Or the Bible tells us. His word tells us. Do this or don't do this. And you strive to do that to the best of your ability. And you won't be perfect. And if you were perfect you wouldn't need Jesus. And that's why you need Jesus. Do you believe? Is he your Lord? Will you be baptized after you repent of your sins and make up your mind, I'm going to follow Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, to become a part of this family, this family here at JA, or a part of the church family in general, however you want to look at it. We are not perfect. We fail, we mess up, we fall short, even as Christians. But the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us. And we look forward to that day when we'll make it to our promised land. If you're not a Christian this morning, why not? Brothers and sisters we are a family and no we're not perfect no you're not always treated right but we still love you and we want to help you and if you have a struggle or a need or a desire to let us know what needs you have this morning in just a second Jacob's going to lead us in a song we're going to stand up and sing it i'll be down here you can come down here and talk to me uh if we need some of our shepherds will come down and and talk to you as well Uh, we want to help each other get to heaven remember I'm headed if you're a Christian we are headed towards an eternity with God I'm not there yet but that is where I'm going if you need help getting there we want to help however we can please come as we stand and sing